What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Frantic Thoughts Podcast. It's a video game and entertainment podcast where I sit down and I talk about some of my favorite things that's happening with video games, movies, TV shows, whatever I feel like talking about. And it's a great time. (laughs) So what's up, guys? This is episode 101. Beautiful. Just like the Dalmatians. Have you ever thought about how many Dalmatians that is though I mean the show and the movies they've showed it it's a lot but just think of the logistics of having a hundred and one little puppies running around it's ridiculous it makes no logical sense that the dog had a hundred and one dogs anyway imagine how ginormous that animal would be if it was pregnant with 101 puppies it's just a ridiculous notion and then having that many dogs cleaning up that much dog crap taking that many dogs out for a walk is just a logistic nightmare i can't imagine that 101 dalmatians just sounds like a nightmare movie in real reality if that thing happened it would in reality it couldn't happen right Uh, okay let's just say somebody ended up with 101 dogs right in their house even if they had a giant house like they show in the cartoon that would just be i don't know you wouldn't be able to move you wouldn't be able to really tell the dogs apart too well i mean of course they would have their own specific patterns but then you have to think of 101 names for dogs be like oh hey look it's alfred one and alfred two and alfred three and you're like just trying to think of a bunch of names hey look it's batman i digress 101 dalmatians is kind of a bullshit notion for a movie but it is a fairly entertaining disney animated feature and one of the first disney live action remakes fun fact for you right there anyway this is frantic thoughts this is the type of show it is i often go on tangents but i just like to sit down and talk to you guys about things that i love and hopefully uplift your day especially with all the insanity that's been going on lately across the world (laughs) it's just like we get one crazy thing and then another crazy negative thing has to happen and hopefully it gets better and we can see some positive things happen and everybody can have that positive moment and find things that distract them or uplifts them so hopefully this podcast gives you something to get you by get you through a commute get you through a jog get you through something tough in your life and that's why i'm here and that's why i like to do this show so i'm just going to be talking a little bit about what's going on with me lately last couple weeks and pretty much i have been working some insane shifts guys like the way they've been doing my scheduling for this job has been kind of ridiculous to me like i could sit down and i'm just like just chilling at work doing my thing by myself because 90 percent of the time i'll be by myself working but now a lot of the shifts they'll be like okay you got help and then you think that sounds like a good thing right oh my god they gave me like two or three people to help you out right so i get help at my first job uh first account because my job pertains me going to multiple accounts and servicing a lot of customers uh making sure they have beer making sure customers have beer and all the different varieties and it looks good and it lasts throughout the time period that uh is allowed depending on the day so let's just say i do my first account i'll start at 5 a.m there's three people helping me out sweet i got help maybe i'll actually get off on time so i get help for a little while they leave and then I'm like, cool, I'll finish this store up, and then I'll go to my next account, knock out that account. Normally, on this specific day, I would have two accounts, and that's it, right? And I'd be gone, and my day would be over. I'd leave maybe 10 hours later. So I finish up my accounts, and he's like, hey, make sure you call me. Just check out when you leave. 
I'm like, all right, cool. I call him when I'm finished up. And then he's like, oh, yeah, hey, go help this other guy. So I'm like, okay. So then I end up having to go to another place, another account that wasn't initially on my schedule and do that job too. And then I end up leaving with like a 13-hour shift. And this happens like twice a week, maybe more. And it was happening every single one of my shifts for like the longest time there. And it's just been very exhausting. And the thing that I do not appreciate or like about that situation is like I'm like, all right, man, I start at this time. And then you're just expecting me to like just work until you say it's cool. And there's like no set like even like time frame that, hey, I might get off at this time. So I can't plan anything. I can't say okay today after work i have this thing that's going to take me two hours i can knock that out i can't even do that because i never know how long a shift's going to really last for sure anymore and that is really dragging me down a lot lately i have not said i was going to be positive here but i'm just saying man it's just been rough when it comes to that but you know i found a lot of things to distract me at work lots of great podcasts uh tales for from a lesser medium just came out from a polykill and like just of course polykill i like giant bomb i just find really great podcasts and people i like to listen to and it really does take my mind off of the bullshit and off of the very exhausting and very repetitive job that i have i mean like today man i was in there working today and i pulled the pallet down so of course i had these bays i have to use the straddle lift which isn't the rideable one it's this one you uh pull around and I have the straddle lift and I pick up my pallet and I drop it down. The whole thing just like just 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 like a freaking um jello. It looked like jello, right? When I put it down. And then it bumped and then it just it just melted off. Like have you ever seen like if you stack cream cheese and it warms up, right? And it just kinda melts off the side of something. Or not cream cheese, uh whipped cream. And it kinda just melts off the side of something. That's what this palette did against another palette. So the entire palettes are both leaning against each other. And then I just have to sit there and just look at it and just kinda smile to myself with my mask on, of course, and just be like, Yeah, this is the day. This is how it's gonna go, isn't it? So I have to sit here, downstack this entire palette again after having built it up the other day and then have to restack it all and rewrap it up and re-put it back up and then i'm just like at least i have a funny podcast in my ear while i'm doing all this because if i didn't i would probably go insane <laughs> um but besides work i've been looking like obsessed lately i was trying to find like these indie games so i wanted to like bring some of them up here like i've been looking i've been here listening to podcasts i'm like what are some really cool and interesting and different indie games Whoa, why is Westerado Double Barreled installed? I did not play that game. I must have somehow accidentally installed that, but I have a Steam thing here. I bought some Steam games here, and I was like, man, I really want to play some games. Finding stuff on sale, finding some small games. Like, there's like a game called Boreal, Boreal, Boreal Tales. I can't say it for some reason. And it's kind of like a PS1 style, like creepy horror game and it looked really interesting i'm like oh i, I kind of want to try that out um there's a game called if found and it's a lgbtq like uh it's kind of looks like scribbles on like a notebook like the art style looks like very doodles and then you have to like erase this woman's uh diary trying to erase i don't know it's very interesting looking it's kind of like about a coming out story which I'm interested in seeing what the story is like. I got this game called Superland, and it's kind of like these stick figures. You're in first person. You play a stick figure, and you're tiny, 
and it's kind of like a Zelda-like, kind of kind of like Metroid-like, where you have to try to uh, get through these areas, and it looks very fun and very quirky. See, I'm finding these games, man, and I'm like, man, I want to play all these games. But there's one game, one game out there, guys, that has just been absorbing my time. All of my free time that I've had to myself, because I only get the limited amount of free time to myself, because, of course, I have, uh, you know, people I want to hang out with, and other things like that, of uh, other podcast obligations, and other other things along those lines that I have to get done, and or I mean I want I want to hang out with people that I love, obviously. So I mean the time I have to myself to game, you know, the solo experience. There's been one game that's been dominating all this entire two weeks. We're gonna talk a little bit about Death Stranding here. But I'll keep yeah death stranding has been just like taking over all of my game time lately i just cannot put this thing down i'm obsessed with taking pictures in this game it's a gorgeous game so a lot of people know that i love metal gear solid and i appreciate kojima's style of comedy his style of storytelling it's a little out there a little peculiar uh, he likes to use big words. He likes to think of proper nouns, which I did mention on the last podcast. And there is plenty of those here. He likes to think of lore. And he likes to build universes in very absurd ways. So I actually did play this game quite a bit. I think I'm 30 hours in. I do think that within the next 10 to 15 hours of game time, I'm going to beat this game. I am not one of the completionist types with this specific title. A lot of people did hit 60 plus hours, 100 hours in this game. I will do the occasional extra delivery because if you don't know what the game is, you're a delivery man in the apocalypse that has a lot of strange and peculiar ways in how this apocalypse occurred. There's a lot of things about the afterlife and a lot of things about being tethered to the afterlife and a lot of uh, crazy things like rain called time fall that makes people aged instantly and um having this connection to your afterlife which is called a beach and it's just it's very wild it's it's really out there so what was i saying okay so you do deliveries and of course it's very useful and very essential it's kind of relates to real life right now right a really essential job to deliver these packages packages to people and of course there's some silly humor in there you you drink monster energy drink for you know keeping your energy up and your stamina bar up and you have to pee and if you pee you get these things called cryptobites that you can pick up and eat they're like little bugs if other people pee on another server okay so basically okay this game's so hard to explain so basically you have all this stuff you're basically delivering packages and let me get to the point i was saying originally we'll talk a little bit more about the systems but you deliver these packages and then you have extra packages you can deliver to expand your rank and get more um like 
materials to build stuff in the environment. So I don't do all of the extra, extra orders most of the time. I'll do one here and there. And then there's also lost packages that you see all over the place. And you can pick them up and do those deliveries as well. If I see one that's on the way, I'll say, okay, it's not too far out and I'll deliver it. But mostly I'm doing like story-based deliveries to connect this entire United Cities of America, which is literally what it's called. So the coolest thing about this, it has some of the best and most interesting multiplayer I have. It's more like an immersive like multiplayer experience more than anything else. Um, they... The things that you build, other people can see them in the world, and you can like them, like, like, you know, like on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, give them a like. And it's kind of silly, but kind of awesome. So say there's this giant raging river that you want to get across, right? You can go out there with your little uh, builder block thing. It's called the PCC. And if you're uh, you're in an area where you've connected together, you can use materials in that environment to build a bridge right over this river. So you build this bridge and then it'll populate in other people's games. And it's kind of randomized. It's not any specific person. So let's say I get to a new stop. I traveled across this place. I fought these ghost-like creatures called BTs, which are attached to the afterlife. And they're crazy ghosts that will try to drag you down into some tar. And a whale will pop out that you have to fight. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but crazy. And it makes sense when you play it. I promise it just sounds like I'm saying a bunch of things. But if you do this, you get across. I connect a new waypoint. A new not city. That's what they call them. It's like a not city that connects to all, all these areas together. You connect it, you get back, get that area online, and then all these things will populate in from user-created content. So there'll be signs that people have posted, and then there'll be bridges, there'll be watchtowers, there'll be a bunch of other things, random vehicles that you can take. And the thing is, it's kind of one of those things that you have, you're kind of living in an ecosystem where they take all the things that the other users have made and populate it into your world. And then things that you have made, say I build myself a reverse trike vehicle, which is basically like a motorcycle type vehicle, and I leave it out in the wilderness because I'm just done riding it and I just say, oh no, I want to actually climb this mountain and I can't get this motorcycle up this mountain. What the game could actually do is just take that motorcycle, populate it into somebody else's game and they can pick it up and ride it back to the destination I had just left and then they can give me likes and it makes increases my rating and stuff. And the process continues and you kind of just connect this area and it's kind of like this addicting loop like you connect an area you build up your resources you build up your character and then it's just kind of like a, it's a fascinating way to play the game there are times that i do feel a little bored there are times where it's a little slow i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna say this game's flawless when it comes to that there are sections where i'm like okay i'm gonna be walking for a while i'll kind of like push forward with my thumbstick and uh look at my phone for a little bit i'm not gonna lie that's happened a couple times in this game i would say it has happened far less than i would expect but all in all between the really ridiculous crazy storyline like that second trailer if you guys seen it there's like this bridge and like a tentacle tank and then you see Mads Mikkelsen there with the mask that pops off and Guillermo del Toro holding a baby it makes sense 
I'm like, oh my god, I got to this part in the game, and it makes sense, and it actually connects to everything. Holy crap, they actually made all this work. All this crazy bullshit that he was throwing at us actually connects together to a very convoluted, say, but very cohesive storyline that actually makes a lot of sense. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> this is the most ridiculous game I've probably played, the most absurd game Besides Metal Gear Solid, I guess there's a, a strand there that ties those together. Haha, <laughs> jokes. And <laughs> anyway, it's great. Like, I, I'm loving the game. Uh, I can't put it down. I'm so addicted to it. And I'm so glad I finally got around to playing it. When the game came out originally, I did not actually have the funds to pay for this game and buy it for myself. But I got it on a deep discount, and I'm loving every second of it. And I'll do my final thoughts when I beat it, which will probably be the next episode of this show, and we'll talk a little bit more about it there, but man, I highly recommend it. I would go in with an open mind and then try to dive into the systems and learn everything about the game, because it gives you as much as you put into it, and I feel like the game is just a lot of fun with one of the most unique styles, looks, feels, just gameplay mechanics and loops that I've played in any game ever, and I don't know if there'll ever be another game like it, and I kind of don't want there to be. Just, just this game by itself is something worth experiencing, just to see what it is. It's something that's hard to nail down. It's not really a genre. I was saying it was a walking simulator, and people are like, that's not really what people think of like a walking simulator is. And I'm like, it kind of has that aspect to it, where you go through the environment and you discover things, and there's some environmental storytelling here and there. And then it also has like an action game aspect to it and it has a horror game aspect to it it's a very crazy mismosh of genres and styles and i just absolutely love it and gajima's vision came true is just crazy i i think that i am a kojima fan 100 percent. i don't think there's a kojima game i've played that i haven't liked and uh, i was worried this would be the first one and it's not so that's great that's that's fantastic for me um besides playing things this month or this month this two weeks this two weeks i have been watching some stuff we'll just pop into that talk a little bit about that and some hbo max and is it disappointing let's talk about it Before we jump into hbo max i do have a show recommendation for people especially fans of rick and morty there's a show on Hulu that's by the same creator, Justin Roiland, called Solar Opposites. And I don't think this show is fundament fundamentally the same or as good, really, as Rick and Morty. I know that's a negative way to start off this, but I think it's a worthwhile show and to, to give a chance. Because it's like Rick and Morty has some of that DNA. It's wacky and zany, and they go and do crazy things. There's time travel episodes and stuff. There is... A couple episodes in there that I really think stand out, um, especially episode number seven. If you can stick around and watch up to episode seven, I was just floored by how awesome and the execution was for it. It's only an eight-episode season. They're 22-minute episodes. It's a really fun animated show, and I, I kind of thought it was good. I still like Rick and Morty a little mo bit more. I think the, the absurdity for Rick and Morty and just the... I guess the more nihilistic look outlook that Rick has kind of gives that show a little bit more um, interesting uh, dynamics than this show does because it's kind of like a family. F it's kind of like a sitcom. This one feels more like a, a f 
family guy not family guy at all like more like a simpson style thing where it's like a family dynamic but they're, they're aliens and it's justin Roiland quirk in there so they go on some weird alien adventures and i think it's a worthwhile show and i like it quite a bit i wanted to recommend that first and then I did check out HBO Max. It just released recently. It's a new streaming service. I was actually looking forward to the service. And let's talk about the content first, and then we'll talk about the package and execution of the streaming service, because Disney Plus did come out, right? And I'm not sure if I even talked about it on the podcast, but I think that, sh- that completely launched 100% flawlessly from a technical side. They have HDR content. They have all the Marvel movies. They have all the Star Wars movies. They have all the classic Disney stuff that you want and you expect from a Disney streaming service, correct, right? And then... They uh, had some, some good original programming soon, soon. What am I saying? They had some original programming that I liked, like The Mandalorian. And then soon they will have some Marvel shows and things along those lines that will increase the awesome package that is Disney+. Plus. I think it's a really great streaming service. We'll just get that off the top there. Um, I got HBO Max. They have a lot of uh, content they got. I can't talk right now, man. <laughs> they have the HBO content there. All the HBO shows you'd expect. You know, Game of Thrones. Uh, Mad Men. Is, that's, that's HBO, right? I think it is. Whatever. Sopranos. <laughs> uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. All the HBO stuff that you would expect. And then they have a bunch of Warner Brothers stuff. And this is where it kind of gets a little limited. They have all the DC live action show uh, movies. Um, I don't think they have any of the CW shows. They don't have all of the animated movies. They don't even have all the animated cartoons. Just a select few. And that side is kind of lacking. And then they have Cartoon Network stuff. And they have almost all of the Cartoon Network shows. There are some missing there. Adult Swim's a very slim picking section. They don't have very much of the stuff you would really want to watch. They don't have any. Me- I'm pretty sure Metalocalypse isn't on there. Um, what is it? Um, Aquatine Hunger Force isn't on there. Like stuff that you would think about when you think about Adult Swim's not really on there. Just a few things here and there that uh, it's a little disappointing when it comes to that side. And then they have the Studio Ghibli movies or Ghibli, Ghibli Ghibli Ghibli. Uh, one of those pronunciations. Um, that's awesome. They're there. All of them are there. That's going to be great. I'm going to watch all those. They have some Looney Tunes stuff. Just uh, the original. And then the early 2000s one. And then the new one that came out, which we'll talk about in a second. And then they have some Scooby-Doo stuff. Some Hanna-Barbera stuff. But it's very slim pickings. It's not everything. So it's, it's kind of disappointing in some aspects on the content front. And then they have the Harry Potter movies there, which people were worried that they weren't going to be there. And then they have the Lord of the Rings movies there. And this is where my issues start to crop up even more with this service. The price isn't that bad because before HBO Now gave you HBO only for $15 a month, right? This is still the same price and they give you all this extra content on top. So all that stuff I was listing, HBO, um, you know, Warner Brothers, Cartoon Network, all that stuff included with this so it's the same price and they give you more so that's a plus right the negative and the downside is we got the lord of the rings movies there right they are not the extended editions and then there's no hdr support on anything no 4k support on anything 
here. And then on a streaming service in 2020, when you go into this, you know, streaming wars, you would expect 4K, right? On at least some of their premiere packaging, some of their exclusive shows or movies, you would expect to at least have the occasional Dolby Atmos, the occasional 4K. Like, if I go in there and not everything's 4K, like, especially like old Scooby-Doo or something, okay, sure, that's that's HD, that's fine. But if I go in there and the Lord of the Rings isn't the, like, the extended editions and not in 4K, like, the rumor was for the longest time that the Lord of the Rings were going to be in 4K for the first time on HBO Max. I kept seeing that everywhere. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to put off watching these movies again because I got the Blu-rays, which I've watched only one time since I bought them. And I'm like, man, I kind of want to get back in there and rewatch the extended editions and just uh, enjoy it. Um, I do know that the Xbox One X does up-res 1080p uh, Blu-rays to 4K, like they up-sample them a bit. But that's not the same thing as actually seeing it like in beautiful, amazing resolution with awesome HDR lighting, you know? It's not the same. But... So, so it was disappointing, and then of course all the Harry Potter movies are there. That's great. I already have them on Blu-ray, so it's like, eh, the 4K versions are out. They're on disc. Why isn't on here? You know what I mean? It, I might be expecting a little much from the service, but it, if you compare it to Disney Plus, right? You go in there. Almost every movie that is Disney exclusive, like all the stuff in there is Disney exclusive, right? But like this, the premiere stuff, like. We got all the Star Wars movies, even the originals in 4K. And, of course, they're the uh, extended Lord of the, uh, Star Wars movies, right? But whatever, that's neither here nor there. All the all of those are in 4K. All the Marvel movies are in 4K. Some in Dolby Atmos. All have, like, 7.1 surround everything. They, all the bells and whistles you want. Um, you go into a lot of the animated features. All the CG ones, 4K. You know, all the way re, uh, up-res, everything have all the stuff, all the bells and whistles. In HBO Max, it's just 1080p. It feels like 2007, 2008 streaming platform, not 2020. That's all I'm saying, because the adoption of 4K TVs is pretty widespread. That's pretty expected on a platform um, similar to this. So it was kind of disappointing um, from that aspect. But there is a silver lining here, is that there's some pretty cool exclusive, exclusive, exclusive stuff exclusive is not a word but it sounded kind of funny anyway the looney tune show the new one is a lot of fun guys um it's made digitally but the care and the attention to detail in this show is astounding me every time i watch another episode i get a good chuckle out of it it's actually pretty funny it's that physical looney tunes comedy that you come to learn and love and it's never going to match the original Looney Tunes, but it has that DNA, it has that vibe, it has that feel, and every time I watch a new episode and something hilarious happens, Bugs Bunny turns into a dynamite, or, you know, whatever, he, he does something sarcastic and completely just destroys everybody because that's Bugs Bunny. If Bugs Bunny fought Thanos, he would win instantly, he would trick Thanos into destroying himself because Bugs Bunny is the ultimate trickster, and it's always funny to see him in, in there. He does have his original yellow gloves, I noticed, and it, it kind of put me off at first. I'm getting more used to it the more I see him, but of course, he's always had white gloves except for his original creation. He had yellow gloves, so that's what they're trying to harken back to, but seeing Bugs with white gloves for years and years and years, and then him going back to his original yellow, 
kind of looks a little weird, but I'm getting used to it, and I highly recommend this show if you can find it or if you feel like getting that free trial of HBO Max just to watch it. It's a really fun time for the whole family, and I think it's actually really well done for what it is. So, I do want to do something and bring something back here. We're going to do a little bit of random news of interest. Just a little news here, a little news hotspot. Um, I did want to talk about the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 announcement. Uh, Jeff Keighley, uh, one of the... What is he, like, an industry favorite? He's been around forever? I don't know. He's a video game guy. Video game Dorito guy. Jeff Keighley, Mountain Dew Dorito guy. Jeff Keighley announced Tony Hawk 1 and 2 with Tony Hawk on a stream. And it's an HD remaster of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 put together with added tricks from Tony Hawk 3 and 4 and later on in the series to make the moveset feel full. And that's awesome because the first thing I thought when I saw the original trailer, I was like, wow. First thing I thought was, wow, it looks great. Um, It's very reminiscent of the classic. It, It looks fantastic, modern graphics and everything. Then I was like, do they have the revert? Do they have the manual? Do they have the wall plant? Do they have the spine transfer? They have all of that to make the combos that much better. So you're going to be playing all these original maps, and then they have, like, ways to expand it in the future. Like, they can add characters, silly fun characters, and I'm very excited for this. It comes out in September. It's gaming nostalgia overload, and I had been thinking so much about going back to Tony Hawk for years. Like, I was like, man, I need to play a Tony Hawk game. I haven't played very much in a very long time. I'd say it's been over a year, and I usually try to play, like, some Tony Hawk every year, and I haven't in so long. And I had been thinking about going back to Tony Hawk Underground because that was one of the first ones I really fell in love with, and then I went back and discovered the older ones after I played through that one. So I'm like, man, I should go back to Tony Hawk Underground, play through that storyline again, and I still might do it. But I think I'm going to get my Tony Hawk fix in September with Tony Hawk 1 and 2. And then we'll see where it goes from there. And maybe I'll go back to Tony Hawk Underground. We'll see. But I'm very excited that we have this coming up. I just love that arcade action. I love the way the game plays. I love the attitude. I love the soundtrack. And they did say they're bringing back most of the soundtrack with a few exceptions, which is perfectly fine. And, you know, commercial licensing from songs is really complicated. So... If they don't get all the songs, that's fine. I'm excited to hear Superman on Warehouse with beautiful graphics, with an awesome combo system, with all the tricks from all the games. It's going to be such a good time. I love Tony Hawk, and I'm so excited. that This is one of the first announcements this year. I legit just freaked out when I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, it's finally happening. They're doing it. More Tony Hawk. Yes, yes. I was like so fucking pumped when I saw this. So, yes, I, I'm really, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, man. And speaking, speaking. I know I cut myself off there. Speaking <laughs> of hype stuff, PlayStation Five is getting revealed next week, 100%. They're doing a reveal event next Thursday. I'm going to either have to say, hey, I have to be off at a certain time, or call into work because I am not missing this live. I'm watching this live, and I'm not watching it on my phone. I want to see it on my TV. I want to be in a comfortable place with chips and soda or whatever. I don't really drink soda. With chips and sparkling water and a beer maybe and watching this thing 
and seeing what they got for us. They say it's going to be one hour long. They're going to have all the reveals. They might even show the box. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they talk about backwards compatibility because I'm really wondering about that. They've been kind of weird about that going back and forth. So I'm curious about that. But what I really want to see is their exclusives. And I want to see what Sony has to offer. And I want them to put their big old PlayStation eggplant on the table. And we all marvel with Marvel at it. <laughs> Maybe Marvel Spider-Man 2 at it. <laughs> right? Right, guys? Right? 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 Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited for the PlayStation 5. I'm really excited for Xbox Series X. Um, the more it went down this generation, the more agnostic platform-wise I got. I, I used to be the biggest PlayStation fan ever. And then slowly I became a PC fan. And then I was a PC and PlayStation only. And then I got my Nintendo. And then I was like... I mean, I always had Nintendo here and there, but I've never been like super hardcore Nintendo fanboy. I do love Mario, and I haven't played very many Zeldas or Metroids or anything. I'm not a super huge Nintendo guy, which is a hole in my, you know, background of gaming. But I still love a lot of Nintendo stuff. I still appreciate what they do, and I've always had all the consoles too. Actually, thinking about it, so I mean, maybe I have been a Nintendo guy, and I'm just being down on it or something because i had gamecube i had a nintendo 64 i had a wii i had a wii u even and i have a switch now so i'm a nintendo guy too and then i got the xbox for the first time during this generation with the xbox one and i've been loving their backwards compatibility program i love playing through the what exclusives they do get here and there and um i think the xbox one x is a very great console with a powerful uh you know engine i guess powerful console that i play most of my third party games on now because it gives you just that little bit of an edge with the frames per second and stuff been enjoying that quite a bit and then of course playstation the cheer just been killing it i mean like they already had um what is it final fantasy 7 remake playstation exclusive then they got ghost of tsushima last of us 2 coming out soon it's just going to be a really good year for PlayStation all and on, and I can't wait to see what the PlayStation 5 is going to have. And then they showed a Ghost of Tsushima state of play, and they went in-depth with Ghost of Tsushima, showed its open world, showed how it had some features where it wasn't like icons on a map. There's like wind that shows you how to get through the world, and it's stunning. It has the, an amazing color palette to it, and I'm just really excited for everything PlayStation this year. Um... And I'm not 100% convinced on getting a Series X day one for the Xbox side of things because they have said that I can play all this stuff on my Xbox One X. I know it's going to be a little slower. It might not be 4K 60 frames per second, but if I'm playing Halo multiplayer, right, it's going to have to be the same frames per second on both platforms. They're just going to have to turn the resolution down or make a small you know, adjustment here and there. But if you're playing on Series X and you're going to play multiplayer, against people on the Xbox One or Xbox One X, they're going to have to do some things to uh, hold it back a little bit on the other platforms so that the performance is the same, you know? So, I mean, we'll see. It depends on where my money is at. I know I'm a little all over the place here, by the way. I understand. I'm just kind of, like, excited about, like, new stuff. I, I love new tech and I love new consoles. But, yeah, I want to see where I am financially when the holidays come around because you never know with with how weird and crazy the the world's been this this entire year who knows i might have plenty of extra money and i'm going to try to put some aside to get at least one of them and if i had to choose it will be the playstation but i do plan to get both consoles before like next spring so 
it's gonna be great, man. I'm I'm really excited for this generation. Um, there hasn't been so much being shown, but I feel like in the next month or two, we're gonna see a lot, and I'm excited to see what what the next generation is gonna hold for video games. It's it's really exciting to me because like you don't get very many of these build-ups and you don't get very many of these console generation shifts. And every time I do, I get super freaking excited. And this time's no different. I'd like to thank you guys for checking out this week's Frantic Thoughts episode. And we'll go ahead and talk about some of the Game of the Months for part... Part? What was I saying? We'll check out some of the Game of the Months for some Cartridge Club stuff. We got the Cartridge Club's going to be playing Gears of War 1. I've never play, played all the way through Gears of War 1, but what I have played is really fun. Uh, the Quick Save Club is playing Anti-Chamber. And uh, that's like a first-person non-Euclidean geometry game. Look it up. Look it up. There's Google right there. Non-Euclidean geometry. Boom. Anyway, <laughs> that looks like fun. Uh, I picked that game. I'm excited to jump in finally and play through that. And um, that's about it for this podcast. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Frantic Society. I have a blog, which I haven't written for yet this month. Hmm. I'll probably be writing something soon. Over there, it's franticsociety.wordpress.com. And um, I want a little feedback. I'm thinking about moving the podcast service to Anchor. So Anchor is like a free service. And I pay like almost $100 a month. Or not a month. $100 a year for this podcast feed on Podbean. So what I'm thinking of doing is migrating the feed over. The only caveat being that I don't know if people will be able to access the podcast on Podbean anymore if I did. So if that's an issue for people, let me know. But... I'm thinking of just saying screw it and moving to Anchor so I don't have to worry about the podcast um, price anymore. I can keep this thing going without having to uh, miss a payment, which I haven't done in a while, but sometimes I, I have missed the payment in the past and then the podcast isn't accessible for a week or so. No one's ever complained about it. I don't think I have a big enough audience for people to complain about that. But when it, I have a free service, I can be like, hey, you know, there's no stress on me when it comes to the financial side of this whole thing because i like doing this and it's fun and uh, i want to keep it going as long as i can so we'll see just let me know what you guys think about that part but yeah thanks for listening to this episode of frantic thoughts uh, 101 not the dalmatians which is a ridiculous notion and we all know it (laughs) okay guys have a good one and i'll catch you on the next one